Welcome to the Coastal Community Church Midweek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Shayla McCormick, and I will be your host. My husband, TJ, and I are the lead pastors of Coastal Community Church, a place where everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything is possible. In this podcast, our goal is to bring the weekend message to life and to share stories that help you along in your faith journey. Let's get started. Well, welcome to another episode of the Coastal Midweek Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us here today as we talk about a message that happened this past weekend. And I just want you to know that we're so thankful for all the people that listen out there that are enjoying this. In fact, I want to encourage you, if you do are enjoying this, to hit the subscribe button, share it with some friends, let other people know about what is happening here and how it's benefiting you and how it's making a difference in your life. But today we get the awesome opportunity, or I get the opportunity to interview and talk to the one and only, the the woman, the myth, the legend. Oh, geez. Shayla, Pastor Shayla McCormick. Oh, I love it when you call me Pastor. (laughs) I love it when you call me big pastor. Oh my no, gosh. I don't. Here it's, we go. Yeah. That's what happens when I get to be in charge. So well, it's uh, kind of fun to be on this side and I don't have to think of all the questions and you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty random anyways. It is pretty random most of the time. But this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, you started off what was supposed to be a Christmas series. Yes. That did not really turn into a Christmas series mm-hmm. uh, because there was a little bit of a change in the direction of where you were going to go as far as the message. So talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about what what transpired that made you kind of change and how did you decide that like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go off script here of what's supposed yeah. to happen and I'm going to deal with this subject of worry. Well, first of all, I think it's really hard to do Christmas messages And so Uh, it was really easy to allow that to shift. And the reason that it's hard is because everybody's heard the Christmas story over and over and over and over and over again in every which way. And so it's really hard to come up with something new and creative that people are going to listen and be like, oh, well, I've never heard that perspective before that impacted me in a different way. But as I was just praying and thinking through stuff, I just I know in my own life there is worry that I'm constantly faced with. And I just, I feel like every conversation, not every conversation, but a lot of the conversations that I go into, so many people are struggling in their thought life or how they process through situations that they're going through. And our natural tendency, I think, is to go to this worst case, fear-based worry kind of mentality. And so I just started thinking, you know, if so many people are walking through this right now, you know, maybe it's something that that we need to talk about. And so I just started to begin to shift my message. I, you know, in preparation for messages, you have to consume so much information, whether it's reading your Bible or books, or for me, I listen to podcasts. And for me, transitioning this message, it was kind of a combination of a bunch of things that I was filtering through in listening to podcasts or reading my Bible and, and And a couple of different scenarios just came together and almost confirmed like, okay, Shayla, this is, this is where you need to go. Yeah. So that's kind of why I went in that direction, just because I think it's something that a lot of people are dealing with right now and I can relate. Yeah. And, and in this weekend, you talked about the, the Shunammite women, woman, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and you talked about how do we practically deal with worry and, and she gives us a great example. And so, you know, you were talking about, Hey, you gotta, you gotta lay worry down mm-hmm. 
and and shut the door. I mean, that's really easily said. <laughs> yep. But but difficult to do. And, mm-hmm. and I know in a message you have a limited amount of time. Yeah. So so practically, you know, laying worry down. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you on on a personal basis, on a daily basis? Yeah. Like how how are you personally doing that? Well, a lot of times there there's a thought or a situation or something that's happening before you that kind of sparks the worry in in your brain. And I think it's really in that moment to to lay that down and to shut the door. It's almost like you're faced with this choice. I can either allow this to kind of marinate in my brain and I can sit here and I can think about it and begin to enter that revolving door of worry where I'm going around and around the problem. Or I can make a conscious choice in that moment to go, you know what? I can't think about these things. And and I know this kind of goes into that the second point too of like fill in the gap. Like we have to fill in the yeah. gap on worry. But I think some of it is that first choice of going, man, I'm gonna make a choice right now. As worry has entered my mind, I'm gonna choose not to begin to marinate on that. And I think really ultimately comes down with to a choice. And it's kind of like, I've walked through a lot of seasons in life of forgiveness. And I kind of equate it worry to how I process through forgiveness too, because really when we have to forgive somebody that's hurt us, that's also a choice that we have to make. And so for me, when I'm walking through a situation of, of worry and there's reasons for me to worry and there's things that are happening and I have to make a choice to lay that down it's almost like a daily choice yeah. because that pops up again. And as soon as that pops up, I have to, again, make a conscious choice to go, nope, I'm not going to go into that revolving door. Like I'm going to choose to to lay this down and to shut the door. And I'm going to choose to think about some different things. And I, I've approached my, that the same way, you know, with forgiveness, every single time that hurt or pain or whatever pops up, I I literally tell myself, no, I choose to forgive today. And so some of that is going, no, I choose to lay this down right now and almost saying out loud and acknowledging the fact that I'm faced with worry, but I'm going to tell that worry, no, I choose to lay you down. So am I going to be able to use this against you in the future when I want to do things? And you're like, oh my gosh, what are are people going to think? And am I going to be able to go, do you remember that message that you preached? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. If you want to get punched in the face, you can absolutely (laughs) say that. That's how it works. That's how you have a healthy marriage right there, people. You just. No, you you really can because it is something, so many of the messages that at least for me that I get up there and talk about is actually something that that I'm facing in my own life. So when I'm speaking about it, like I'm actually telling myself the same thing and I need to be reminded of that. Yeah. To Shayla, you got you got to lay that down. It is it is an interesting dynamic because you know being married for so long, yeah. Like you definitely deal with worry, way, absolutely, way more than I. Like I'm like mm-hmm. ah, I don't care who cares, you know. Yep. Um, I'm a worst case scenario. Yeah. You know, I, I'm the eternal optimist most of the time, and you you are more the reality, maybe mm-hmm. sometimes pessimist mm-hmm. in situations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that's something that, that I have to, I have to work on and I have to choose a different response. Yeah. But I think that that's important because I think a lot of people today are, they would say that I'm a realist or Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a pessimist. Mm -hmm. Like most people are not overly optimistic. Mm -hmm. They, they fall more on, 
uh, let's face reality or mm-hmm. let's face worst case scenario. And so what would you say to those people, you know, for the optimist, it's okay to go, Oh, don't worry. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. no problem. Yeah. But, but for the people that their natural tendencies mm-hmm. are to, you know, go to worst case scenario yeah. or to be like, no, 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 that's I, not real. I mean, all of us face different challenges in life. There's stuff that we're all, you know, some of us are great at and some of us are not so great at. And, while we may be great in one thing, we're not great in another yeah. thing. And there's always something I think that we have to be working on and challenging ourselves in. And this just might be an area that we have to challenge ourselves in a little bit differently. You know, one of my pet peeves in life is when people say, well, that's just how I am. And my response is, no, that's how you choose to be. Yeah. Because we can all choose a different response despite what our emotions say, despite what our feelings say, despite what my circumstances say. I choose my response. And I think that's true of worry. Like when those things flood our mind, even, you know, it can be daily, momentarily. I think when you when you do deal with that type of mentality where worry affects you or pessimism or whatever it is, you, you do have to make that decision more frequently, maybe second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour. But the more you make that choice, the more you even say out loud or mentally to yourself, no, I choose to lay this down. I choose to lay this down. And and then we begin to fill the gap of like, God, I know you're good. You're faithful. Again, I've survived a hundred percent of my worst case scenarios up to this point. And when we begin to make those choices, I think it becomes easier because we're training ourselves to think differently. And that's what I've noticed in my life, that the more I work on one area of being consistent and going, man, I choose something different in this moment, the easier that becomes. Yeah. And, and I mean, the same is true. I'm going to go back to, to forgiveness because it's the same approach to, you know, forgiveness is like if every single day that hurt or that feeling comes up inside and I go, nope. I choose to forgive. I choose to lay that down. I choose to forgive. And eventually that hurt and pain becomes less and less. And I think the same is true of worry. The more we deal with it that way, the less it affects us. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. You sh- you shared about the study from Penn State that uh-huh. said that 91% of, of your worries that you have in your mind, those wild, irrational yep. thoughts, uh, don't actually come true. And then of the 9% that do, a third of those are actually way better than you could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. And the last 6%, it, it could be whatever. But yeah. the the reality of 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 the fact that 94 out of every hundred thoughts are totally wild, irrational. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it got me thinking because a long time ago, I, I learned this lesson that the, the more times you have wild, irrational thoughts, one of the greatest things that I learned how to do is, is I learned to start writing those things down yeah. on a piece of paper and then like look at them and read them <laughs> because, because <laughs> it's like, one thing crazy. Yeah. Well, it's one thing when it's in your head, you're like, Oh man, this it's so real. It's mm-hmm. so vivid. Mm-hmm. But then you put it down on paper and you're like, I'm smoking crack. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like, what am I like? There's no way like mm-hmm. this is, mm-hmm. you know, this is just so crazy. This is just so outlandish. Yeah. This is so out, out of the reality of normal, like th- there's no way. Mm-hmm. And and I think, so like, what are some other, what are some ways that we can help people that are in that 91 percentile, you know, mm-hmm. of like dealing mm-hmm. with these because they're, we know that they're not real. How do we get them to to recognize that sooner mm-hmm. rather than letting, letting it re- re- remove, 
Ruminate. Ruminate. That's mm-hmm. the right word that I'm looking for, mm-hmm. where it just goes over and over and over again in our mind. Well, I think first of all, knowledge and awareness is is one of the biggest things. And I think that's why we talk about studies and statistics and and things like that is because sometimes you're just not even aware how ridiculous your thoughts are. You're not even aware like, man, I worry so much, but actually these worries never come to fruition, but we never really go back and process that and think about that. And so uh, the first thing I think is just having that awareness that 91, 94% of those things that we are fearful of, that we're worried about never happen causes us to look at those thoughts, I think a little bit differently and have a different awareness of what's going on in our head. But you know, I was thinking it almost goes back to the series that we just finished up too and about how much the enemy is trying to deceive us and attack us in, in our thought life too. And I think the strongest thing we can do is like, begin just like you just said, take, take captive those thoughts and almost look at them. It's like, take them out of my brain and look physically, look at them or begin to talk through them. And you would realize, man, this is, this is so irrational. And so I, I'm not sure that I have any practical advice on how to do that because I, I would probably say what you just said. And, and so many times for me, it is the awareness of going, and Shayla, have you ever realized that the majority of those things that you think about never happen or the majority of those things that you think are going to happen actually don't turn out as bad as you thought they would? And one of the things that I also started doing, because I think a lot of people have fear and worry over conversations that they have to have or interactions that they're going into, whether it's at work or with a friend or a spouse. And one of the things that I've started doing, because I've noticed you know, worry begins to come up because I'm like, oh, what if this happens? And are they going to say this? Or I'm nervous about having a difficult conversation because I don't want them to, to, you know, think this about me when I say this. And so there's all of these, these thoughts going on in my head. And I've, I've learned to stop and just go, Lord, in this moment, I pray that you would just guide my words, that you would give me wisdom, that you would prepare this person's heart for this conversation that we need to have. God, that you would make me open and teachable in this moment. And what I've realized is that every time I do that, the conversation goes better than I thought it would. And so I think sometimes in those moments too, it's just pausing and going, Lord, help me get my thoughts right right now. You help me lead and guide me in this situation that I'm walking into that I'm fearful of. Because it, it goes back to that verse that says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And if we would take those worries and we would begin to pray about them and submit those things to God, I think it begins to change our perspective. You know, when you were talking this weekend, the one thing that I was thinking about is the amount of time we spend on worry. Like it's Mm -hmm. there, there's a cost to worry. Oh my gosh. It's so wasted. And you know, and it's really, it's time, it's emotional energy. And and so if we were to equate the cost Mm -hmm. of, of what we spend emotionally, physically, yep. um, you know, just in in sheer thought space, mm-hmm. and we are to look at the cost of that. I'm gonna guess the cost of that is way greater than whatever we're worrying about. Oh my about. gosh, you're yes. And and sometimes it's because I'm a I'm I'm kind of an analytical person mm-hmm. when it comes to like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And like as I start realizing, oh my goodness, the 
the amount of time that I'm spending, because mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's time spent and time is the most mm-hmm. precious commodity mm-hmm. we have. Some people think it's other things, but we all have the same amount of time. It's 24 hours in a day, uh, seven days a week, mm-hmm. 365, 366 if it's yeah. a leap year. We all have this limited amount of time and that that time that we spend just contemplating, thinking through, imagining worst case scenario, mm-hmm. the the cost at the end of the day is so much greater. Yeah. And if we could just see that yeah. and, and do and almost do like a cost analysis mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. worry compared to not worrying, we'd be like, man, why, why am I wasting? Well, I don't, I don't think it's just time. It's lost opportunity. Yeah. You know, because there, there is worry that robs us of great opportunity, great relationships, because I'm worrying about what is this person going to think of me or, you know, and there are things that we should pursue, but worry has held us back. And so it robs us of our time. It robs us of opportunity, you know, so much that it steals from us when the majority of the time it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I I read a lot of different things. I was reading a a relationship thing the other Mm -hmm. day uh, about people shooting their shot with their crush, you know, like, oh, I'm so what? like, you know, they have a crush on somebody uh-huh. and, you know, they're so afraid to oh, say they're ruining the opportunity uh, or to something. say something yeah. that, that they never do. Mm-hmm. And therefore they miss the opportunity. And then there's the, all these people there talking about, well, I just went and did it. Yep. And now I'm getting married to this person. Now I'm doing mm-hmm. this. But if I would have never said something, if I would have never, if I wouldn't have gotten out of my head yep. and what happens if they reject me, what happens if they don't like me, mm-hmm. what happens, you know, all the what ifs. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest problems. We, we play so many what if scenarios yep. uh, from a negative perspective. But what if we started playing them from a positive exactly. perspective? Like, what if this what goes if it awesome? Does. Exactly. What if they do say yes? And what we if never I do, that. do get that job? Yep. What if I, what if Shayla does say yes to marrying me? What <laughs> if, you know, it's, and if, if we're going to spend that much time on mm-hmm. the negative, then we, we, we better flip over mm-hmm. and, and, and think about the positive as well. Yeah. So funny story that I'm just going to interject here because I told you guys about how, you know, the subway grates really worry me and like the sidewalk grates and the person that came up to me and said, Oh, I know a story of somebody that fell through one. Well, the story was that this girl was walking down the road and there was a rusted out grate and she walked over it and fell into this, whatever it was that she fell into it and she's stuck in this grate. And this guy comes over that she doesn't know to, to rescue her, you know, and lift her out of this grate. Well, that they end up meeting by him rescuing her and she ends up getting married to him. Yeah. That, she's like, I love falling through. <laughs> I know. I'm like, man, that worry just automatically turned into opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about, you know, well, what if it does turn out? Okay. Yeah. Even if it does come through, it might be better than what you thought it would be. What there, there's a quote that says the opportunity of a lifetime. Most of the time is found in really hard things. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Yeah. Well, and those are the things that produce great things in our life when we challenge ourselves in those moments when we are faced with fear. You know, I, I think about the Shunammite woman. If she would have just ran around with that kid in her, her arms just freaking out, the miracle would have never come. No. Because she would have never made it to the prophet. She she had to do all of those things in order to experience the miracle to return back to her son. And how many times do we miss that because we're running around in our worry? Yeah. You know, so I do think there's missed opportunity because of that. 
So what are, what are some resources, or maybe you have some that you would recommend to people uh, that are dealing with worry, that are dealing with, you know, these issues um, to be able to help them begin to overcome or to, to learn more about it, to get a different perspective? I think any books that you can read on like the battlefield of the mind, Joyce, like Joyce Myers, Meyer. anything that you can do to strengthen that piece of your life. So the battlefield of the mind, winning the war in your mind by Craig Groeschel, um, even going and finding scripture about what you need to meditate on and dwell on and writing out those things. Because I think we need to remind ourselves in those moments, we need to visually see something that reminds us to lay it down. And so if you're somebody that struggles with worry, maybe you need to start writing down some scripture and putting up in, in the places, you know, maybe you need to take those thoughts and you need to, to write them down and then you need to replace it with something. And so I think those are all things that we could do that can help us eliminate some of those thought patterns that we get into and we can begin to think differently and allow, not allow that worry to control us. Yeah. One last thing before, before we go, you, mm -hmm. you said that we, we need to fill in the gap and you, you talked about some different things that we could fill in the gap. I think that they would be practical for people. Do you want to, do you want to just throw some of those things out that you, uh, I mean, I know you talked about counseling, you, you talked about some different things that you're like, Hey, some of you guys might need to do these things mm -hmm. to fill your gap. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really more about making your way to the, to the solution, yeah. you know? And so I mean, we told you for us, we went to some really intense counseling and we're, we're people that believe that you need to get to a place with somebody that can help you find the tools that can help you get to the solution that can help you connect you to the solution to your problem. And so I think counseling is a big one. I think getting involved in good relationship with people that are further along than you that can lift you up out of some of that when you're going through difficulty. Because I think if we just spread the panic of talking about it with, with everybody, not everybody is equipped to help pull us out of those things. Some people are just going to kind of commiserate with us and we need people that are going to encourage us to pull us out of it and go, no, you need to think differently right now. Yeah. And so I think counseling, I think having some great relationships, we're going to have connect groups starting at the end of January again. Um, would Which be is a great place for you to find those relationships. Such an amazing, such an amazing space. And then, I mean, we, we always say this, but I would be amiss if I didn't is, is finding a Bible reading plan or something like that, that there's so many on, on the YouVersion app that you could just even put in the subject of worry. Yeah. And there's devotionals that'll come up that will just help you to begin to think differently. So I'd recommend that, you know, you add some of that in there as well. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Coastal Midweek Podcast. Uh, share it with your friends. We look forward to seeing you soon.